Come on, come on, let's have it! Welcome to the Freedom Lifestyle Podcast with your hosts, Callum Webber and Jacob Ingamgore. Yes then guys, we're back. So today I'm interviewing a great, great friend of mine who um, I've been connected with now for a, for a few years. And to give you a bit of context, like he's gone from being like a, a on the gym floor PT to now he is a digital nomad out in Croatia, living that online lifestyle, which a lot of people want to live. And his name's Josh Whitlock. And to give you guys some context, I'm going to throw it straight over to you, Josh. Give a bit of a story of who you are. Awesome. Yes. Thank you for having me. Pleasure. Um, so typical gym, gym lad working on the gym floor, fell into the gym from college, had a, had a scholarship to Hartbury College playing rugby, knee kind of blew out, had multiple ACL tears, that's a whole, whole host of injuries there, uh, fell into coaching on the gym floor, did that for about three years, then made the move to online coaching, uh, last year was meant to move to Australia, but COVID kind of messed that up. So just fell down the business rabbit hole and have kind of put that athletic, uh, that athlete mindset and approach into building a business and growing an online platform and building an income online. So I can live this now digital nomad lifestyle and have a look back and it's uh, very exciting times ahead. Oh, it's, it's absolutely amazing. Obviously, uh, we're filming this podcast now. I'm, I'm, I'm very jealous. You're, you're currently uh, chilling out in Croatia. I, I can't wait to get there. So in terms of obviously, um, you know, what's led you to who you are now, would you say it's all down to the fact of you getting injured uh, when you were younger? Yeah, absolutely. And so initially, my first career choice was to join the military in the Marines. So when I was 15, I was obsessed with kind of the the military shows on TV and I kind of had my heart set on on that I spent a week in uh, an army camp in Oakhampton in the UK and fell in love with that kind of aspect of uh, life the brotherhood the the military aspect of just super active kind of traveling and that kind of lifestyle and then had my first knee injury so that kind of exempted me from all of the military forms that I was interested in and then I fully committed to rugby got my scholarship to Hartbury College was committed to that and then I was always in a rush to come back because I was in that kind of crucial phase of you kind of make it at that age of 16 to 18 and I kept coming back early kept getting injured again then after college so I spent two years at Hartbury College I didn't play a single game because I was always injured and then fell into the gym floor got my gym level two fitness instructor qualification at college, fell onto the gym floor, stayed there for three years. Then through COVID made the move to online coaching and kind of went downhill on that. Didn't go as well as I thought it would. Fast forward to now, I'm a digital nomad earning income online, traveling the world. And yeah, it's, it's been an interesting few years of transition of loads of different kind of career avenues I was looking down and this seems to be the one where uh, I feel most comfortable and I can see the furthest ahead in terms of progression 
and that just excites me. I feel like I'm I'm very much in my infancy in terms of in terms of business. So exciting times ahead. I love that. I love that. So like you literally turned something that was really negative that could have like you might have it could have potentially ruined your life in terms of your mindset of oh I really wanted to go down this route but I got it. I keep getting injured and you know that will happen to a, to a lot of people that don't make it in football in rugby and other sports as well. But I obviously know that you spend a lot of time out in America and like you've invested in coaches like I have myself, but obviously yours is more down the fitness route. Talk a little bit more about um, the investments that you've made out in America and how that's changed your life. Yeah, so I think I've probably invested upwards of $40,000 in courses, uh, accountability, coaching programs. Uh, groups, courses, that kind of thing. And I think for a period of time, especially when I was on the gym floor, I really struggled to find an area to put that energy I still had from rugby into something I was passionate about. So I find that as an athlete, you have this kind of super disciplined, uh, focused frame of reference that you can put into something. And when that got taken away, I was kind of lost on where I wanted to go, what I wanted to do. And then through COVID, I found group ATG and it was based on fixing, it started on fixing knees and that was my main issue. So I got my knees fixed through ATG and kind of just fell down that rabbit hole of, okay, this fixed my knees, this fixed the thing I thought could never be fixed. And I fell in love with that and I've, I've been doing that ever since. So I'm a certified ATG coach and through the communities an environment that I've been introduced to and the networks of of this. It's all worldwide. It's all international. So I'm very fortunate to be able to travel to places like the US to to connect and network and learn from people I look up to and have the same kind of goals and frame of reference as me to help push me to keep actually progressing because I felt like I didn't really have that as well as I kind of wanted back in the UK, back in my immediate circle. So it was just a logical decision of, okay, it's not right where I am in the UK. So why would I stay in in a situation where I don't feel like I'm being pushed to the limit I, I know I can I can achieve? So it was just a no-brainer for me just to to travel, meet people, connect, network, and it just hasn't stopped really. It's been a crazy last 12 months and it's it's only getting better, only busier, better, bigger. I think the, the main thing I've learned from that is how important the network and environment is for your not only personal growth, but business growth as well, because you need that supportive psychosocial environment of people who a, want to see you get better, but also push you to be better and can honestly tell you, look, you, you're fucking up here and I can see better for you. And I feel like as a coach, you should be able to take that. So it's also a good thing, but I don't think enough people get in those environments where people can honestly tell you, look, I see better for you and you're not seeing it for yourself. So I'm here to tell you because I want better for yourself and I know you want better for yourself as well. So I think to sum that up is the importance of the psychosocial environment you have around you to, to push you to, to be better than you might think you can be at that current time. I think that is that's so powerful and that's exactly what I say all the time. Me and Jacob are really strong on the fact that 
nowadays it's not what you know it's who you know it's it's getting around uh, it's getting around as many people as you can because you don't know what opportunities you're going to get from meeting these different people and not only that what you said as well of getting getting around people who are at a higher level than you one will make you force force yourself to level up but number two they're going to tell you like where you're going wrong because they've made all the mistakes that you don't want to make so getting around these coaches you're going to get to the places you want to be so much quicker. So in terms of like, what do you actually like, what do you specialize in yourself? Obviously tell the listeners a bit more, um, obviously if there's ways that they can actually work with you, etc. Yeah. So I would say I specialize in strength training, body composition and general strength training for joint health, rehabilitation. That's where I think my, course specialties lie because that's what I've done for the longest period of time and now I'm moving into more of the business space and the sales so that's kind of how I've got to the position I am to be able to travel the world is more business sales orientated um, because you can make an income pretty much anywhere anyhow nowadays and I like to combine the two so I have one aspect of of my business where I'm an online coach an in-person coach where I'll train people from athletes to, I mean, I have a 94-year-old client I work with back in the UK. So I can work from anyone between kind of world-class professional athletes to elderly to rehabilitation to body composition. And that comes from, again, the the environment and the people I've learned from, that the knowledge I have from the network I've been involved in, that I can have the confidence to impact anyone based on knowing where they're at and where they want to be. And it's, it's strange because you hear people say kind of narrow down, but from my experience so far, I've been able to kind of explore so many different avenues and be involved with so many different types of people. And then I'm kind of going down the business route as well. But I'd say my core specialties lie in the strength training route and sports, athletes, that kind of area. I love that. And I also love the fact that you're really focusing on business because, you know, at the end of the day and it, and also sales as well. Like I always say, like sales has like a really bad connotation, you know, like sleazy salesman, things like that. But at the end of the day, like you're learning how to sell so that you can make a difference so that you can actually help people rehabilitate uh, and, and change their life. So you learning how to sell is not a bad thing at all it's an amazing thing to do so I, I wish I wish more like at school like we're not really encouraged to, like or like we don't learn how to sell I wish it was encouraged more because if you if more people knew how to sell then more businesses are gonna are gonna cherish and more businesses are, are gonna expand which is then gonna create a better world for everyone and you know more money for everyone because at the end of the day like money and wealth and building businesses is it's all abundant it's just all dependent on on your skills your belief systems um, and ultimately your ability to sell because you could like for instance what you're doing you might be the best in the world at it but if you don't know how to sell it then you're not going to be able to make a business out of it so to ask you a question Josh from when you started the business to now like how long has it has it taken you to be in a position where you can literally travel the world when, whenever you want? Uh, that's a good question because, and just to touch on your point of sales gets a bad rep, completely agree because when I first got into sales, I was hesitant as well because I had that reputation of, 
oh, it's just a sleazy sales person, the kind of used car salesman that you can tell there's no conviction. And I think the reason it gets a bad rap is rep is because they, most people don't believe in what they're selling. And I had an, an amazing opportunity to sell things that I was passionate about. So it became very clear on, okay, I'm actually, in sales boils down to coaching. It's you're coaching someone to make a decision. And it's a decision that if, if you believe strongly enough, it will change that person's life. So it's not actually like a sleazy thing. It's look, I care about you and what you say you want more than you. So I'm willing to sit here and kind of beat down those uh, those barriers that you're holding up for yourself to to get you to where you say you want to go because you say it's so important because people bring this baggage to these conversations with reasons to what as to why they can't do something or why they won't make a decision but they say it's so important that they they get over it it's like no you're you're, you're it doesn't make logical sense you're saying this is important to you but you're giving yourself reasons as to why you can't do it. But yeah, to, to, to put a time frame on it, I started really narrowing down on sales beginning of January this year, actually. So I came into this year with a failing coaching business and not really having a way out, not know, knowing really where to go. So I guess from January this year to last week, I moved out to Croatia. Um, in June, I moved to France. So I have a place in, in the center of France in the countryside. So really only six to nine months of dedicated work on really focusing on something I had found a passion for. And it was really important that I succeeded on that because I had no other way out. I had nothing else really to work on. So mm. it was really kind of a, if this doesn't work, I honestly don't know what I'm going to be doing because what I was doing was failing and it was something I thought I was passionate about. So it's like you can fail at what you, what, what you think you want so I feel like it can happen in such a short space of time and you are in full control of that no one else had any say in the work I was putting in so I could only blame myself if it didn't work and I hate that and that's I think the athlete inside of me of it's not necessarily about what other people are doing it's at the end of the day am I happy with the amount of time I put in and the focus and effort I put in to to make my life as kind of fruitful as I know it can be and I know I'm only going to hate myself after if I don't end the day kind of happy with, with the work I put in. So really, really short space of time in the scheme of things. I mean, at the beginning of the year, I was I was broke. I didn't really know what I was doing. I was living in my, my grand spare bedroom, like losing money month by month. I think I'd gone like three consecutive months with kind of a loss of income um, and and losing revenue to, to now where I'm able to travel the world and live the life that I, I, I couldn't have even thought imaginable at the beginning of the year. It's absolutely amazing. And obviously, I'd, I'd like, just like to congratulate you, the fact that you've gone from a failing coaching business to now from smashing, going all in on learning how to sell and how to build the business in January to now what you're doing now, you're able to travel and you've got an income <clears throat> to support you while you're traveling, which is incredible. And not only that, you're also making an impact, but you also gave some amazing value in there as well. You mentioned the fact that you had no other, you had no other choice. You had no other option. Like it was like you were all in with that, even though you were, you had, you've experienced failing in it. You were, you had the mindset of I'm making this work no matter what. And you had no other options. It's like burning the bridges. You know, a, a lot of people, they kind of like toe dip their way into business and, you know, 
and then they never get any success out of it and then they start you know getting bad thoughts and that's when they end up leaving the business but if you make if you make it like a you make a decision that no matter what I am making this work whether it takes you three months or whether it takes you three years you can make it work because you can't fail unless you don't you only fail if you quit so just don't quit go all in so I, I absolutely love that um what you said so in terms of from you know what are like the What's the, 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 I'll go to keep it simple. What's the like number one difference you notice from you, your business failing to now? Like what's like the number one piece of advice you can give for someone that's, you know, currently failing at business? Like what's the piece of advice you can give to help them to get to what you are now? Well, it's a tough thing to narrow it down. That's a really good, good one. I think this is, I'll, I'll try and do it to two that kind of tie in. One is yeah, go for it. Uh, s- simple scales, fancy fails. I learned that from Hormozy, and he's a cool guy. I was, he? I just did the very, yeah, super super cool guy. Consumes content every day. He's, he's he's amazing, and I think simple scales, fancy fails because I think most people try and so I'm, I'm I was guilty of this when I was doing sales and I had like a hot streak. I got confident. I got a bit too big for my boots. And I started getting fancy. I was like, oh, I've cracked the code. I know what I'm doing. Like, this is really easy. And then I got a bit fancy and the numbers dropped. And I was like, oh, shit. So, okay, what was I doing that got the numbers? It was just repetition, repetition, volume, volume. Make the task or the thing you're doing as simple as possible. And then just repeat that. Because... Mm -hmm. That's the thing. It's just volume. That's the that's the quickest way you get better at a skill. It's just volume. I had no sales experience, but I I started DMing. So I my main thing was starting through DM sales. So I think in the first five months, I had over five thousand conversations. I was just DMing and having conversations, leading to sales calls. All I did was just speaking to people and learning okay, what's the common things that are coming up for people and, and what are the common responses I give that lead to a, a positive outcome? And how can I repeat that as many times as possible? So first of all, identify the pattern and then, cool, how can I make that as easy as possible to replicate and repeat and then just keep keep doing that? And it's just trusting the process. And I, I also think the second part would be to kind of, it's almost like change the, the landscape of your mind so it becomes more productive and less habitual. And that's really hard to do because the habitual side is there for a reason. It's comfortable. People like familiarity. And it's really hard for people to get away from that habitual cycle. But you've got to think if you're in this position of something's not working, it's not a surprise. It's it's it's. it's it's no surprise why you're probably not doing the, the thing you want to be doing. So there's some ha- habits there that need to change. So you need to change the landscape of your mind so it becomes more productive, less habitual. It's hard to do, but once you can start making those easy tasks and being able to replicate them, then it's just trusting the process. Because if you're, I was doing, I think, at least 50, 50 to 100 messages a day, every day. I've been doing it for almost 10 months now and the results have shown that all I'm doing is talking to people and having conversations. Nothing's changed from the beginning. I'm just 
better at what I was doing. So the same same number, but there's a higher conversion rate. So I'm not doing anything extra than I was when I started. It's just I'm better at what I was doing, and I'm better because of the volume. I'm doing the same thing. I'm just better because of the volume because the, the speed of feedback is quicker. I'm getting more results. So there's more feedback. I'm learning quicker. And then I can just increase more volume because I get better at the skill. It takes less time to go from a, a conversation to a call to a sale. That process is quicker. So I can actually do more volume at a higher conversion rate with a higher skill level. So it kind of just comes down to a numbers game is, is what I feel. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely love that. I, I, I love what you said as well in terms of like um, finding something that works and just repeat them actions. And in terms of like trying other fancy things, like I, I believe that over time, like it's definitely worthwhile to try other methods, but but then make sure that you don't stop the first thing that actually is making you money. So I guarantee now you're still m- making the same amount of messages as w- what you did at the start. You're not going to stop that because it works. I mean, in, a, in a, a way that you could scale it is getting someone else to, to do their messages for you. So then you can start using your time more efficiently, but you're bang on is, is repeating successful actions is the key. Yeah, and, and, and that's exactly what I'm doing. So I'm now teaching what I've learned for uh, so other people can do the same whether it's someone else who wants to get into sales and make a bit of extra side income or other coaches who want to improve their coaching business i'm teaching them how to do it as well so again it's doing the same thing but i'm just doing it to more people who so it's almost teaching people the the lessons i would have wanted in their position so if i had the the knowledge i have now when i needed it when my coaching business was failing I'd be in a completely different place and I want to be able to give that to other people because it's the only way you can kind of buy time is to buy the knowledge from other people. And if I can do that for others, then amazing. And yeah, I think it's, I think also people underestimate how long it takes to, before you can actually get fancy. I've only just in the last kind of three months started getting fancy Mm. quotations by teaching other people. There's, there's been times where I, I felt like I'm ready to teach, but I, I don't think I was. And I mean, it's, it's working out for me now, so I, I've, I've made a good decision. But I think people underestimate how long it takes to before you can get fancy and how long you need to do the basic simple stuff for. Yeah, ultimately, um, I, well, what, I, what I believe and what I've heard from many mentors is you, you can you can basically get up to six figures. You, you, you can do that. Like you can do that yourself. You can go out there and make six figures. Once you get, once you go, you know, from six figures up to, to a million, that's when you're going to have to start looking at alternative ways to, to actually get that money. Cause ultimately you're not going to be able to, it's going to be a lot harder for you to, to scale it on your own without starting to build out infrastructure, a team. Um, and obviously then trying out more, more fancier approaches. But let me ask you as well, Josh. So, in terms of obviously like moving to Croatia, like why Croatia in particular? So the main reason was because of the visa they offer. So because of Brexit and I was, I was a UK uh, resident. Uh, so I spent my, my 90 days in the Schengen zone in France and I didn't want to spend too much time in the UK. So Croatia have a very attractive digital nomad visa. So it was just 
the the most attractive visa that I could kind of act on immediately, and it's very cheap to live. Um, and yeah, I I think as well what you said on the six figure thing, I think you really don't need to be making a lot to live a life of freedom, and you can do that by moving somewhere else. I feel like a lot of people are so fixated on staying in their hometown without realizing like it cost me so much less to to pack up all my things with my dogs to move out to Croatia than it did for like a month's rent in the UK. Yeah. I had no wow. ties in the UK. So it really does you really only need like 2 to 3000 a month to really live a comfortable really comfortable nice life of of freedom of whatever that means to you in, in another place. And then that gives you that extra bit of freedom to, to make those decisions of, okay, do I want to scale this? How do I want to scale this? And then you can start to make decisions. Then I just think a lot of people don't realize how little you really need to, yeah. to kind of reach that level. You think, I think people think that that kind of ceiling is a lot higher than it really is. Yeah, no, you're bang on, you're bang on. And not only that, you actually, like, moving out your hometown, um, even if you are on, say, uh, say if you are, like, spending about two to three grand a month, moving out your hometown is going to make you your re- results increase significantly as well because you're getting around new people. You're putting yourself in an uncomfortable situation, which then makes you grow. So there's so many other benefits um, to actually moving out your hometown as well. And not only that, that is the exact reason why me and Jacob are on a mission and doing what we're doing now, because you mentioned something huge saying that you didn't have too many commitments in England. So in, you know, you're in your twenties, I'm in my twenties. Like this is the best time to make that move, to take that risk and go move abroad, you know, or go travel or do whatever you want to do, whatever your freedom lifestyle is while you're in your twenties, when we have, when you haven't got a mortgage or kids, or other commitments it's the best time to go and do it so yeah you are you are bang on but to touch on a little bit more because I'm intrigued myself and I'm sure a lot of listeners are about the whole um, digital nomad visas because of Brexit and stuff go into a little bit more detail of what like the digital nomad visa is what the requirements are um, and what you get out of it yeah so each country will have its own different requirements for them um, I was looking at other ones like Portugal, Malta, Italy, Spain, etc. But A, at the time, they took a lot longer to kind of process. I think the one in Portugal, when I was looking, took three to four months to process. And it costed a couple thousand to actually just go through those processes. Um, so each country has its different requirements. Croatia, you can apply online or in person. All you need is proof of income. I think the minimum is is around two thousand a month, um, two thousand euros a month. You need a proof of rental agreement. It can be like a weekend, and that's enough, I think. Oh, then it? just then just uh, a security check, like a DBS check. That's pretty much it. Wow! And that gets you. So again, each requirements are different. This one gets you twelve months um, as a temporary residence. So you get a temporary residence permit. Uh, for 12 months and there's no income tax on the Croatian one which is always a always a plus and 
you actually get, because Croatia at the time of this recording is out of the Schengen zone, they're joining on January 1st, I get 90 days with no visa. So I'm doing my 90 days with no visa here now. Then at the end of my 90 days, I'm going to apply for the residence permit. Fingers crossed that gets accepted. And then I get a further 12 months as a resident. So there's there's perks to, to different visas. What's a diff- One may be more attractive than others to you. And that's just do your research. I didn't even know these existed, to be honest, until like a couple months ago. And then it's just do your research on what works for you. Is it actually doable? Is it livable? What's the area like? Um, because some places require a higher minimum income. Some require less. Some have higher tax benefits. Some have lower. Some are for different durations of time. Some require renewal. All those things. But for me, the Croatian one was the most attractive and it was the one I could act on immediately. So I jumped on that and here I am a week in and, and loving it. Uh, it's, that's, it's a huge it's a huge loophole for our generation as well because mm. the whole obviously I've lived out in Mallorca for four summers now um, this summer I only had 90 days there and it really frustrated me because it just like it, it, it's like a it's like a jail sentence isn't it you you got to do you can you can only do your time and like it, it's horrible the fact that then once you've done that 90 days you, you then can't go and visit somewhere else so did you say obviously that Croatia's not in the Shenzhen area yet as of now, yes, they're joining on January 1st. So loophole. it worked. Yes. So there's so many loopholes that, again, I wasn't aware of. And it's just do your research and you can find so many possibilities um, and places to go that you probably wouldn't have imagined. I'd never really thought of Croatia. I'd heard nice things about it. And here I am. I'm learning the language. I'm loving it. I'm falling in love. I'm living on the coast of Split. It's getting in the the ocean every day with the sun it's it's beautiful it's it's cheap to live uh lovely people lovely environment and it's a dream and like you said the loopholes there's there's so many there's probably other ones that i'm gonna take advantage of and i um i'm gonna have to come come visit you out in croatia um i think what's what's the weather like in november Uh, to be honest it's very warm so apparently this is hotter than normal. It's been high 20 degrees um, since I've been here. So it's quite warm still. So and, I'm and, hoping... it's, and it's, it's not in the Shenzhen area. So um, I'll probably see you um, in a few weeks. <laughs> that'll, be, that'll be good to see you, man. <laughs> love it, love it. Well, this podcast has been unreal. So much value. I, I've learned stuff as well about the Digital Nomad Visa and you've got some amazing principles that's, you know, that's, you know you've gone from failing coaching business to now living out in in Croatia on a digital nomad visa like and not only that you've invested 40 about 40,000 pounds into your personal development and that's that's amazing you know for your age but I've got one final question you kind of touched on it already but what does freedom lifestyle mean to you to me it's having choice of of what you want to do and I think, I, yeah, I think to narrow it down, it's just having choices. And for example, I choose to work. I choose to spend most of my days kind of networking, spending money on courses and, and all of this because it just expands my choices in the future. And it gives me the more potential, more possibility to choose what I want to do, help the ones I love, give myself and my future life, family, the the freedom to 
again, have choices and do whatever you want. So I understand that life can come at you very, very quick and things can change very, very quick. And I want to be able to make maneuvers and Mm. change direction if I need to, based on how I feel at that current time. Um, So yeah, to narrow it down, I would say just choice to do, to do what I want. I love that. that. That's the exact same. That's the exact same as me. Absolutely class this podcast. And before we leave, like where can people find you? I'll obviously put any um, links in the description as well for the podcast. Yeah, so I'm pretty much mostly active on Instagram at Josh Witts, very active on there. Um, and then from there, if you if you reach out to me, we can we can get chatting and we can kind of find, find another avenue from there. But Instagram at Josh Witts is, is the best way to, re- to reach me. Amazing. Well, very grateful for the time and it's looking like I'm probably going to see you um, in November because if it's not in the Shenzhen area, it's, it's, call, it's calling my name. Um, but other than that, guys, I hope you've all enjoyed it. Adios. Thank you, brother.